You ever wonder who came up with eggs and bunnies to uh, celebrate Easter? Kind of a contradiction in terms, isn't it? I mean, I guess I could Google who did it, but who wants to work that hard? <laughs> Whoa, all right, oh, we're doing this now, okay. All right. And to be honest, I don't really care who came up with it because there is something just a little bit magical about popping open one of these eggs, am I right? I mean, anything can be in here. A toy, candy, money. And then occasionally, you have the unfortunate look of finding the empty one. Maybe an empty egg is a better symbol for Easter than a full one. Okay, take the very first Easter morning, all right? Uh, we have hindsight as our benefit, but Jesus' disciples, they, they were so confused of what was going on. They didn't even have a clue. <laughs> Okay, so Mary Magdalene, she gets to the tomb first and she goes inside and what does she see? It's empty, she is completely distressed. So she runs to John and Peter and they go to the tomb and what do they see? Empty. Empty is a, uh, a negative word, isn't it? My stomach is empty, the gas tank is empty, the house since the kids left, it's empty. Empty just feels like disappointment. And on that very first Easter morning, nobody knew the word empty better than Jesus' followers. They had empty hearts, and they had empty hope. There's nothing in it! I got you, buddy. You see, the thing about Jesus, he takes empty things and he fills them. Empty tombs become resurrected miracles. Empty hearts get filled with love and empty hope overflows with everlasting purpose. Yes, Jesus specializes in empty. Here you go, buddy. Jesus emptied himself for our sake that we may be filled with love meant to save the world. I don't know about you, but nowadays when it seems like we wake up and we are more isolated, alone, empty. But maybe this Easter between all the eggs and the bunnies and the beans and every other activity, can I ask you a question? Will you allow Jesus to come into your emptiness? So Easter is upon us. We are three weeks away from Easter Sunday, which is an absolutely, absolutely incredible thing. And, and I love that Easter falls this time of year. Uh, the, the new life is starting to spring up from the ground. Uh, I, I just looked out at my backyard the other day and I was like, man, I'm going to have to mow here soon. And you can see this life start to pop up. But let's be honest, this time of year is really, really strange. Really weird. I, I was thinking about that this week in that, uh, you know, we just had this day where it was like 70 degrees and it was beautiful. And we had a few days where it was like in the 50s, 60s and right up near 70. It was awesome. And then all of a sudden we have this day where it's freezing, where it's it, yesterday it felt like eight degrees and it was just 
bitter, bitter cold and cloudy, and there was some snow on the ground. Um, this time of year, it seems like there is a battle going on. There's a battle going on between the life and the warmth that is coming down the stretch, and we see it and we think, oh, yes, this is going to be awesome, and we can't wait for the warm weather and the life that it brings. But there is cold, and there is darkness, and there is clouds that are just hanging on and clutching. I don't know if you guys have thought about this before, but when the seasons begin to change over from summer to winter and from winter to summer, there's always a little bit of turbulence. There's always a little bit of back and forth. But when are the most severe storms? Anybody? Spring. Exactly. The most severe storms are in spring. Now, Here's, here's the thing. You could go into, and I, I actually Googled this this week. You could go into all the meteorological, you know, reasons why spring causes the most severe storms. It's something to do with, like, warm air up high and cold air down low and vice versa or vice versa in the fall, something like that. But here's what happens. What happens is when the warm weather starts to turn cold, cold takes over more easily. There's not as much of a fight. There are some storms. Don't get me wrong. There are still some days that are 70, and then there's some days that are 30, and there's still some of this back and forth. But there's not as much of a fight. Cold seems to get a grip on the weather a little bit easier than warmth. And in the springtime, when warm starts to take over, there are these violent storms, and there's this battle going on, and it seems like the cold of winter and the darkness and the clouds just are clutching for everything that they have. And I love that Easter falls at this time of year because I think it's a perfect example of the battle that's going on for us, the battle that's going on for our souls, and this idea that we can be caught in the midst of a life that feels like death, and yet there is life waiting for us. There is life on the other side. A few years ago, uh, the Easter Bunny uh, started bringing our kids kites for Easter. And um, so they started bringing our kids kites, and we would go out. We try to go out every year for Easter. I think I've got some pictures uh, from one of the first times that the Easter Bunny brought us kites. We try to go kite flying every year because, at least once a year, because we absolutely love it. And there is nothing like the spring day when you feel the wind take hold of the kite. Like you throw it up in the air and you're hoping that it's going to take off and you take off running with that kite and all of a sudden you feel this tug and you can feel the kite start to fly and soar. And I will never forget um, the first time that we flew kites with our kids, especially Luna when she was the youngest. Well, she is the youngest, but um, she just giggled and cackled and there was this joy and there was this celebration. Easter is a time of celebration. And in Luke chapter 19, Jesus' followers are celebrating. They are celebrating hardcore because Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. In Luke 19, it says this, and they brought it to Jesus. It is a colt and a donkey, and uh, Jesus is going to ride this into Jerusalem. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. 
And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. I love what it says in Matthew chapter 21. It kind of retells the story again, but we're going to stay in Luke most of the most of the night tonight. But in Matthew chapter 21, it says that the entire city was stirred. All of Jerusalem was stirred up and people began asking, all right, who is this guy? Who, who is Jesus? And people are like, dude, this is Jesus of Galilee. This is Jesus from Nazareth. And, and there's this huge celebration that's going on. And, and people are just going absolutely crazy. Have you ever felt that kind of excitement? Like maybe you've been at a sporting event and you just feel this, like this rush inside of you and, and you can feel the almost mob mentality of the excitement. Or, or maybe you've been at a concert or um, maybe you've been at another, another event or, or game and you've just felt this just incredible excitement and this, this just need to celebrate. Here's my question. Have you ever felt this spiritually? Our family uh, felt this feeling of celebration when we flew kites for the first time. Our kids just, I mean, they just, they were much younger than they are now, but they just cackled and they giggled and they laughed and they just, I mean, it was just a day of celebration when the kites got into the air and they pointed and they were like, oh, look at that. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt that spiritually? Now, some of you sitting in this room, you can immediately say, oh, I've absolutely felt the urge to celebrate spiritually. Maybe it was on a CIY and, and worship was building and, and it was just something in the air. Maybe it was the, the time that you decided to follow Jesus for the first time and you just, I mean, you just felt this buildup in, in the being of who you are and in your heart, and there was this outflowing of celebration spiritually for Jesus. Some of you can immediately point and say, man, I have felt that. And, and some of you are sitting here and you're like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I've ever felt that. And those of you that have felt that are probably saying, yes, I felt that, but it doesn't happen very often. I think that this version of celebration where we connect with God spiritually happens more often than we think. See, here's what I think happens. I think there are these moments in our lives where we are like a kite. Where we're going along and all of a sudden we feel this lift. And, and we look around us and we're like, holy cow, this is what life was meant to be. I, I, let me give you a few examples here. This past week, I walked out on that 70 degree day and the weather was gorgeous and the sun was bright and it was shining and it was just absolutely beautiful. And this breeze was hitting my face and I was just like, holy cow, this is awesome. I was just something inside of me that was just like, oh, yes, this is incredible. Let me give you another example. 
I was driving home. Okay, so first of all, we live on this road called Lord's Way, which is ironic, Lord's Way. And um, it is the most holy, and by that I mean pothole-filled road you have ever experienced in your life. It is awful. It is horrible. Like, if you go too fast, you will utterly destroy your car type road. So we leave with all four of my kids. It's me and all four of my kids. We leave. I don't remember where we were going, but we were going somewhere. And so we leave and we go and we run our errands and we come back. And there is never a need to have a a stop sign on Lord's Way. Because if you don't stop on Lord's Way, your car is going to be destroyed. Like there is no going over five miles an hour. We have no idea why there would ever be a need to be a stop sign on Lord's Way. But we're pulling back in. And in the time that we had ran our errands and come back, there was a stop sign on our road. Like this horrible gravel road, a stop sign ended up. And I remember I stopped the van and I'm just like looking like, what is that? And all four of our kids at the same time see this stop sign and they're like, it's a stop sign. And for whatever reason, probably because it's an awful road and there is no need for a stop sign on this horrible road. For whatever reason, they all just start giggling and laughing uncontrollably. It's like the van just filled with laughter and we all just started laughing because there's this stop sign on a road. And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous that we would be laughing about that. But in that moment, in the midst of all of this laughter, I sat in my van as I'm driving down this road and I thought, this is life. This is, this is awesome. And just enjoy the moment. One more example. One more example. Uh, this past week, the kids went to bed and Kirsten and I sat down and we watched some TV together. And I just sat with my arm around Kirsten. And we just sat there. And I looked over and I just thought, this is awesome. Have you ever felt those moments where like, you're just like, this is, this is what life is about. Here, here's what I think. I think so often we feel those moments and we brush them off as feelings. And we brush them off as moments where, um, where we just feel really, really good, and then we move on. But here's what I think. I think in those moments, we are catching a glimpse of the life God intended for us. And in those moments, our spirits are connecting with God. And I think that our spirits have this, sometimes we don't even understand it, but this connection. And all of a sudden, we are celebrating. And and here's what I think, guys. I think that is a spiritual celebration where we connect with God like these people did when Jesus rode in to Jerusalem. Here's what I think. God connects with our spirit often. And when he does, our spirit celebrates God. God wants to show up and connect with us. But there's a battle going on. 
And there's a battle going on now in our lives. And there was a battle going on back in Jesus' time when he rode into Jerusalem. And the spiritual leaders of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were not happy with people celebrating Jesus. It, it says this, in, if you go back to Luke. Luke 19, 39 and 40. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. If these were silent, the very stones would cry out. You see, there's a battle going on. And the Pharisees were like, you shouldn't be celebrating Jesus in this way. You shouldn't be celebrating Jesus. And they had all these reasons why that was not an appropriate celebration, an appropriate form of spiritual celebration of God. And there is a battle going on within us. There is a battle going on within us because our spirit is like these stones in this verse. It wants to cry out and connect with God. And here's the deal. God is reaching down to us every day and he's showing us glimpses of who he is because he wants to connect with our spirit. And I'm convinced that there is something deep inside of our hearts and in our spirits that wants to connect with God and knows that we need that connection. And so when we walk out on a 70 degree day and we're like, ah, this is life. Our spirit is celebrating God. But the world wants to convince us that those are just feelings. And oftentimes, we are convinced that in order to celebrate God spiritually, we have to be in certain places or say certain things or be in certain positions. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes celebrating God is going to happen during a worship song. Sometimes celebrating God is going to happen when you are on your knees and you are folding your hands in prayer. Sometimes celebrating God is going to happen when you read your Bible or when you get baptized or when you decide to follow Jesus. Those are all incredible times to celebrate God. But I would argue that our spirit celebrates God way more often than we ever realize. Our spirit celebrates God way more often than we ever realize. And there's this battle. There's this battle going on. And our spirit wants to celebrate God. But there's forces working against that as well. I talked earlier about this idea that, that in the spring, the cold clutches on so tight. And I think a lot of times that's where we find ourselves in life. And, and we listen to the messages that we're not good enough. And we listen to the messages that we don't have it all together and we need to get it all together in order to be good enough. And we listen to the messages that, that we don't have value. And when our spirit feels this, this version of life and catches these glimpses of God, we've got a voice in our head immediately that is saying, ah, no, that's, that's nothing to celebrate because I know you. And there's this, this darkness that wants to clutch our souls. 
But there is a battle. And your spirit is working to reach God. And God, on a daily basis, is fighting for your spirit. And God looks at you, and when we feel like, man, I am so unworthy, so not valuable, God says, dude, that's just the exact opposite of truth. As we move into Easter, the truth is, and the thing that, that I want you guys to come back to is this. God looked at you, and he said, you are so valuable that I'm willing to come to earth. You are so valuable that I'm willing to go to the cross. And he looked at you and he said, all right, I have got to get you. I'll do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And so often we feel like, man, we just got to work harder to celebrate God and we got to We got to go to certain places and be in certain positions and read our Bible more and pray more. What if we recognized that there are moments on a daily basis where our spirits celebrated God and we allowed ourselves to be aware of that connection? And what if in the midst of that connection, we began to remind ourselves, this is way more than a feeling. This is God reaching to me because God says, I am worth reaching out to because God says, I am worth saving. I am worth coming to earth for and dying on a cross for. Now, does this mean our lives are going to be easy? Absolutely not. Our lives are going to be hard and difficult, and there's going to be good days, and there's going to be bad days. But here's the deal. When we feel that lift, that holy cow, this is life. It's like when that kite catches the air, and it starts to soar into the sky. And God is there connecting with you in the midst of that moment saying, I'm here. On the wind, let's soar together. What if we became more aware of that connection? More aware of those moments. And we reminded ourselves, man, I am so loved. I am so valuable that God is connecting with me right now. And God thinks I am valuable enough to connect with. That he would reach down and say, dude, you're the one I want. I give a practical challenge every single week. And so uh, I'll, I'll give one this week as well. And it's simply this. This week, pay attention to those moments when your spirit is lifted. Pay attention to those moments where you're like, this is life. And in those moments, be consciously aware that you are catching a glimpse of God. And remind yourself, wow, I must be pretty special that in this moment right now, 
God is connecting with me. God finds me valuable enough right now to connect with me. God finds me valuable enough right now that he is giving me a glimpse of life. And I am beyond worthy. And let's remind ourselves that nothing can take away that value. Nothing can separate us from God and the value that he says you are worth every single sacrifice. So this week, simply be aware of those moments. Be aware of those connections. And when the the cold comes in and the darkness creeps in, I want you to remind yourself of those moments where you connect with God and remind yourself, all right, the darkness may be coming in, but there's a God that says, I am so valuable and so loved and so worthy. I can, I can weather this storm and I can continue on and I can keep connecting with God because God is there on a daily basis connecting with you. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for tonight and the chance to